This morning, uh, I desire, with uh, God's help, to start uh, this series of three sermons, purposely created in Christ. I truly believe that uh, as a believers, we know that God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. And this is a moment maybe uh, where we can take time to reflect. What is the purpose? Lord, what is your purpose for my life in this particular season of my life? What you have in store for me? I believe that God is still at work in every season. We know Ecclesiastes says that there is a season, there is a time. But I can assure you today that in all seasons, God has a purpose and a plan. We are not forgotten by God and we are not abandoned by God. So praise the name of the Lord for this. I took this uh, text in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. And uh, this morning the part one of the sermon will be the reason for our purpose. Uh, we will uh, meditate on this verse. We'll dissect this verse. There are a few uh, sentences that we can take and uh, meditate upon. This morning, uh, we will uh, read this verse. and We will stay in a very particular way on the first uh, part. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The reason for our purpose, for we are as workmanship. Praise the name of the Lord. Can you pray with me, please? Join me in prayer for the word of God. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for the opportunity that we have, O oh Lord, to share thoughts that you put in our hearts, O oh God. In this moment, O oh Lord, I pray that you will guide me, O oh God. I cannot do it alone, Lord, unless you give me the right words to bless your name and to edify my brothers and sisters in Christ. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that you guide us in speaking and listening. And uh, Father, help us not just be ears of your word, but doers of your word, Father. This we pray in your name, and we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, the lack of defining purpose destroys life. When we have no idea what is our purpose, our lives lose purpose. And many times we can experience that. It doesn't matter if we are Christians or we are no Christians. Sometimes we lose track of what is our purpose. In a very particular way, I remember my mom. My mom attended my grandfather and my father. Both of them were sick. And for many years she gave her care. When my father died, when my grandfather died, she almost lost purpose. She thought that cannot have any reason to live. So she started to lose almost a desire to eat, to do something. And I remember my brother's call and he said, Mom is doing not well. She is no physical uh, heal, but she needs to have a purpose. So I begged her to come here, and she lived with me six months. It was one of the best gifts that the Lord gave me, to have my mama with me for six months. And I remember slowly giving purpose to her. I say, Mom, Laura works, and I need to go and visit some ladies, so I need somebody that comes with me. 
And she was very excited that she could come. And then I would say, you know, mommy, uh, Laura works. Can you prepare supper for us? <laughs> and uh, she said, truly, I can prepare supper for you? Yes, you can. So she started once again to feel important, to be valued, to have a purpose. And I remember the struggle with David at that time. My son he couldn't speak a lot of Italian, and she was asking for milk. I want milk, Nona. I want a milk. And my mom called me at the office in church. I said, I don't understand what your son says. He, he, he wants milk, milk. I don't know what it is, this milk. <laughs> and you know, find again purpose. And many times in our lives also, when we think young people, people that lose purpose, and they find, they hope to find purpose in drugs, alcohol, or other things that can fill the gap of lack of purpose. Drug, alcohol, or other addiction is not the cause of their lack of interest in life. It's lack of purpose that destroys life. And today I want to say to you that we have a purpose because God created us with a purpose. We are as workmanship, says the text. So a meaningful life is found only in God. Failure to live out of the plan and the purpose that God has for our lives, it means losing the joy of God in our lives. And when we become stubborn and we reject the plan, the purpose of which God created us, we are starting to lose interest in meaning. So if God has a purpose for us, being stubborn and to reject and to refuse the purpose will lead us to lose the joy of salvation, first of all. And then, eventually, if we have not accepted Jesus Christ, to be damned for eternity. For eternity. Let's make clear that. If we don't have a Christ in our hearts, if we don't have God in our hearts, our destiny, our eternal destiny is not so beautiful. So we must ask ourselves, are we living on the purpose of God? Are we embracing the plan, the purpose that God has for our lives? This is a question that we should ask to ourselves. Because if God has a purpose for our lives, then we are called to fulfill the purpose. We are called to fulfill the purpose. We call it, biblically speaking, building up the kingdom of God. I'm really grateful that I'm not the founder of the church. And with all respect, no one of us is the founder of the church, Jesus Christ. He himself is the founder. He himself edifies the church. And we have a hope that the gates of Hades cannot prevail on it. God has given us the privilege to help to build the kingdom of God. And this is part of his plan. And uh, next Sunday we will honor a man that helped to build the kingdom of God in this church for many, many years. And it's a beautiful example that we can follow. So when we share the gospel, when we share Jesus Christ... When we speak about the plan that God has for humankind, we are helping God to build up His church. And we are part of this process. I'm so excited. I don't know you, but I'm so excited that God can use somebody like me that can help the kingdom of God to progress. And I'm so glad that 
among this church, among this congregation, I can see people that have a heart, the building of the kingdom of God. So it is about wanting to touch people with the love and the power of the purpose that God has for their lives. This world needs to know that God has a purpose, that there is hope, that there is a plan that God had. And the plan was before end, before the creation of the world, God had a purpose for all of us. So that's why I'm saying to you this morning, you are not here by chance. You are here because God's purpose, God's plan brought you here. It's not by chance. Again, it's by the will of the Lord that you are here this morning. So how we can enjoy the purpose that God has for us. First of all, we are the expression of God's creativity. I love that. We are not made by chance. God created us intentionally out of his love for us. You know, when we think that God created us out of his love, what he means for us? We need to understand that God is perfect. He was not, I repeat that, he was not in need to create us to be happy or to be perfect. His perfection was already there. He created us out of the love that he has for us. I want to give you an example. Let's say a kid knows that the parents, they brought it to this world, not because they wanted, but because it was an accident. And by the way, if it is happening through life, please never say to your son or to your daughter that it was an accident. <laughs> Tell them that you love them. That you want them. Because studies are showing that people that grew up with a thought in their minds are undermining their own self-esteem, their value. So it's very important that we are assured that was not an accident when God created us. He created us intentionally because he loves us. He cares for us. And that's why it's very, very important that as we look in Genesis, we have the account of the first creation when God brought humankind to life. And it's so beautiful to see that God created everything and it was good. But when created the man, Adam, he said that was very good. Because the man was the highest point of his creation. And it's encouraging to me to know that while God created all of this, even if the devil had the plan to destroy, the plan that God had, God didn't give up on us. He knew in advance that Adam and Eve will fall and sin. But he had another plan ready. He had Jesus Christ ready for us. Even before the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ was determined to die on the cross for our sins. That's the kind of love that we have. And in previous verses, in chapter 2, Paul, in that letter of the Ephesians, is explaining how we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God raised us and brought life in us. And this is not because we deserve it. It's by grace that we are saved. It's an act of God in us that we are saved. No one could deserve salvation, but God 
saved us out of his love. God didn't change the plan from Genesis to the end. He always had in mind to spend eternity with us. And he provided a means for us to be saved. So, therefore, if God created us with a purpose to bless us, if he created out of the love that he has for us, we have the responsibility to respond to God's grace. To respond in understanding the dignity that we have in him. So, the enemy tried to destroy what God ordained. God brought Jesus Christ in the picture. He came in our help. He saved us. He rescued us. And now we can be part again of the original plan that God has for us. And that's why we are his workmanship. It gives me joy to know that I'm the expression of God's creativity and not made by chance. I love what Paul uses here when he describes workmanship. Use the word poema in Greek. And uh, already we know that the word poem comes from that term poema. It means expressing the creativity of an artist. It's so beautiful to know that God expressed the inner heart in creating us. The idea of Paul is look, art is beautiful, it's valuable, but God created in us the most important piece of art. When you look at the creation and you look at the beautiful sight and you look at the immensity of the universe, uh, even going back in Italy, I was astonished to look at some landscape and uh, I stood in awe of that God's creation. But when I look at this, remember that even the most beautiful landscape cannot be compared with you. Humankind is the most beautiful, beautiful creation that God has made. So this morning I pray that we'll have a, a feeling of gratitude to be the top of the top of the top of the creation of God. We have a reason to enjoy what the psalmist says in Psalm 139, very well known psalm, And I pray that you will meditate on that. Uh, Verse 13 to 16. The psalmist said. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. For I'm fearful and wonderful made. Wonderful are your works my soul. Knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. I love this part. And I pray that when you consider yourself, don't look at your mirror according to what the culture says. Or the way that you look, the way that you dress. Look at what the word of God says. You are made in a wonderful way. In the eyes of God, you are beautiful. Don't let no one despise you for who you are. Because God gave you value. God created you 
God formed you. When you were being formed inside your mother, God himself was there designing you, formed you according to his purpose and plan. God was at work. It gave you at that moment all the traits that you need to have to fulfill the glorious plan that he has for you. And today, especially young people have difficulty to accept themselves because they are not corresponding to the model that the culture is bringing in. And they struggle with that. They struggle with appearance. They struggle with what they dress. They struggle with the achievements that the culture is forcing on them. But think that you are valuable, not because you are popular in the school, but because you were created by God. You were made by God. You are valuable in the eyes of God. And parents, let's teach this to our children. They are valuable. That a value depends not on what they look, but on what they are in Christ. What is more important that they receive the dignity of being a daughter, a child? God. God created you. According to Psalm 139, he shaped you. He shaped your personality, who you are. Doesn't mean that maybe we don't need adjustment. Yes, we need adjustment. And the Bible called that sanctification. It's a process. It's being transformed to the image of the prototype that is Jesus Christ. It is the model that we need to follow. We belong to him And he has a vision of what we will be like. You see, God created us having that in his mind. We are known as children of God. Now we are God's workmanship. We are his creation. And God has a vision for all of us. So when the enemy tries to steal from you the purpose, remind yourself. That you were created with a purpose. That you are valuable. Praise the name of the Lord. So God created us with having in mind that we one day will become like Jesus. This is what John the Apostle says in 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. One day we'll be like him. He's our model. He's the perfecter of our faith. The author and the perfecter of our faith. So our hope is to be placed not in our culture, not in the models that they propose to us, but in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, His character, His personality, who He is in our lives. That's what is most important. Because if we become like Christ, we have purpose. We don't feel abandoned. We don't feel forgotten. Oh, the psalmist says, even if for my mother and father will abandon me, God will never abandon me. Even if an arm will encamp around me, oh, the Lord will be with me there. So we have the assurance. I'm going to give an illustration. Michelangelo was a, an Italian artist, one of the most genius artists that we had in Italy during the Renaissance. Michelangelo, sculpture, David, is one of the most beautiful pieces of art. Many historians of art, they say that is one of the best sculpture ever made. But there is a story behind that genius. There is a story behind that creation. If I don't remember wrong, Michelangelo was just 28 years old when he was proposed to sculpture that figure of David. 
And he already went against the flow because he was given the order to portray David uh, while he was uh, defeating giant Goliath. But Michelangelo didn't follow what other sculptures have done already. They portrayed David after the victory. But Michelangelo had the idea to portray David before the victory. And uh, even the expression, the tension of his muscles are beautiful. I had the opportunity to see that uh, sculpture many times. I was living closer to Florence uh, before coming here in Canada. And I can tell you something, it's truly beautiful. Michelangelo sculptured that David out a block of marble that was uh, weighing 5,660 kilograms. Five pounds, enough. The sculptures is taller, more than 17 feet. You can imagine, it took from uh, the beginning to the end almost four years to sculpture that statue. But the interesting thing that come out of this story is that one day somebody asked, how do you sculpture that out of the big block of marble? Michelangelo, tell me, I'll remove what didn't belong to David. <laughs> God is doing the same with us. Sometimes he removes what don't belong to the vision that he has for our lives. But there is something more that it truly came and caught my attention. That block of marble was already there for 25 years in the dome of Florence. Two other sculptures tried to come out uh, with something out of the marble block. And both of them, they thought it was full of defects, imperfection. So for 25 years, the big block of marble was parked on the dome. Only the genius of Michelangelo saw that imperfection cannot stop his creativity. And if I can apply this in our lives... You see, we can be parked for many years because others see defects on us. Others try to take something good from us. And uh, they give up. But let me tell you, we have more than Michelangelo. We have a God that will never give up on you. We have a God that doesn't see the imperfection that you and I have. We have a God that sees the masterpiece that he can come out because he's the master of creativity. is the God that doesn't look at imperfection. Because he has in mind the righteousness of Christ giving to us. And I pray this morning that you know that you have a purpose. Because God goes beyond your defects. This morning don't give up to your faith. Don't give up to your walk with God. Despite the defects, God is still willing to work in your life. Because he has in mind a masterpiece. And this is what Paul is saying here. He said that we are his workmanship. His masterpiece. So it's so important that we understand that. And then true purpose is found only in Christ. Why I say that? Because we are created and defined through Christ and in Christ. And this is an amazing statement. The value of the masterpiece 
doesn't depend from itself, but depends from the creativity of the master. Let's say that I try to paint something, and uh, I mentioned Pablo Picasso, a well-known uh, painter. Do you think it has the same value, what I paint and what Picasso is able to draw? Not at all, right? Maybe we can use the same material. Maybe we can use even the same color. But I'm not Pablo Picasso. So whatever I will draw will never be valuable as something that Picasso has drawn. Because the difference is not in the material, it's in the creativity of the artist. Let me tell you something. When we are shaped and formed created by Christ Jesus, what has not purpose and meaning becomes purposely done according to his vision. And today we are standing here because Paul says we were created in Christ. He was the agent of the original creation of the world. The Bible says very clear in John 1.3, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus Christ created at the beginning. The devil tried to distort and destroy the original plan of God. But thank God, he came on earth. He became one of us, like you and I. So he can bring forth again the, the original plan of God for our lives. So when we are looking upon Jesus for salvation... When we are searching for him, we are reconnected again with the original plan that God has for your life, for my life, for our lives as a congregation. And this is the amazing reality. You see, God doesn't merely reform us, but he transforms us completely and he creates a new creation. I'm excited when I read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Oh, the Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The new has come in Christ. Whatever is the old life, what the enemy tried to destroy in us, to steal from us, to destroy and kill our faith, our connection with God, has been passed. God has given us Jesus Christ. He is our hope. He is our strength. He is our courage. He is our purpose. We have been created in Him. We have been transformed in Him. We have been restored to the dignity that God had in mind when He created us. So praise God for this. Christ is the one who certifies our value. Praise God for this. You know, the painter sign all his masterpiece because the signature is the certification of the value of the painting and i can tell you something that jesus didn't just the work but he also signed the masterpiece and they signed their masterpiece with his precious blood no one can cancel that there is no enemy there is no power of darkness that can destroy or falsify that signature. 
The blood of Jesus is standing today and it will stand throughout eternity because the blood of Jesus is still at work in our lives. And you and I, we are saved because the signature of Jesus Christ was made for us when Christ died on the cross on Calvary. The work was finished. He put the signature there. Whatever it was ordained before the world was finished at Calvary. That's why we say that we stand on the finished work of Calvary. The highest, the masterpiece, the mission possible became true only at Calvary. And praise the name of the Lord for this. We would be willing to accept and follow God's purpose for our lives only when we will understand the value and the price, the high price that costs God to give us purpose. You know, if we receive a gift and we know that gift is very precious, I'm sure that we value the gift in a very special way. Maybe we protect it. We try to just not only protect the gift that is so precious, but also to make sure that everybody knows that it's precious for us. And let me tell you something. Many times we don't appreciate enough salvation that was granted to us through Jesus Christ. And because we don't appreciate that, we don't live according to the purpose that God has for our lives. How many times we lose opportunities? How many times we lose blessings because we don't value the cost of that salvation, of that plan that God has for us? You know, it really brings me tears in my heart when I think that God could send the highest angel or archangel to die on the cross. But he sent his own son. He sent his own son to die on the cross. He did it because of you, because of me, because of us. So let's value the plan of salvation. And that's why when his plan develops different that maybe we have in mind, we should trust God that is still in control. We should trust God that even when we are diagnosed with a sickness or when we see problems coming in our sight, we should always say, God loves me and he knows what he's doing in my life. If evil is coming to your door because your wrong decision, you should repent and ask forgiveness. But when you know that According to you, you didn't do anything to deserve that. Know that God is still at work in your life. He's not abandoning you. He's bringing forth the plan, the purpose that he has for your life, for my life. I love what Paul writes. And this is something that we know by heart, many as a Christians. But sometimes struggle, let's be honest, to put in practice. Paul says in chapter 8, verse 28... That for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. To His purpose. God still at work. Because He has a purpose. And when I don't understand why, I should simply say, Lord, I don't understand. But I trust that you have a purpose for my life. Helping me to receive it. And then true purpose glorifies God. 
True purpose is in Christ. The true purpose glorifies God. We are not our own workmanship. We are His workmanship. Again, we must respond to God's offer of salvation. And yes, there are things that we do in our salvation. But let's remember that salvation doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. He is the one that makes the workmanship. He is the one that makes us a masterpiece. We must recognize that we are His workmanship. We don't live no more any longer for ourselves. We live for the one that saved us. And when you are born again, you are no longer under the condemnations of your sins. God came and rescued. He came in your deepest part of your being and uh, transformed you. In other terms, he worked according to his purpose and glory. We need to learn a new vocabulary in our lives to understand that God has a purpose for us. If God wants, amen. I want to bring glory to him. I want to bring glory to God. I want to be faithful to him so he can be pleased with me. And this is the meaning of our lives. Bring glory to God. There is no greater joy when we bring glory to God. Living a holy life. A consecrated life. A life that is set apart for God. There is no greater joy when we look at God as the author, the blesser of our lives. And we ask him to take over, to take control and say, God, take over. Take over the will. Sometimes I'm in the car with my wife and uh, she is afraid. Sometimes she screams, the car. And the car is 500 meters away from us. <laughs> and this happened recently while we were driving in Sicily. I almost had a, an accident going out of the, of the road. And my son David was in the, behind us. I said, Mom, why you screamed? There's no reason to scream. Sometimes we say that God is driving, but we don't trust enough God on his ability to lead and guide our lives. Let's be honest. We want to help God. God, maybe this is the best for me. No, can you do this? And when he's not going the direction that we want, we ask ourselves, is it so worth it to follow God? We start to fill our minds with doubts about the goodness of God. And when we do that, we give open door to the lies of the enemy. The enemy will come and the first thing that he will do is still trust in God from you. It will do everything to steal from you the trust that you place in God. His goodness, His love for you, His care for you. Maybe it will bring some circumstances where you can say, God, move the car. God knows what He does. He will never, never disappoint you if you trust Him. And I pray this morning through some final application, and I close this. Purpose in life begins when we accept the fact that God made us. This morning, leave this place knowing that you are loved by God, that you are created intentionally, 
that there is a savior, Jesus Christ, that you can trust because he's the author and the perfecter of your faith. And the evidence of that is that we have assurance of salvation. And because of that, we can say, Lord, use me for your glory. The way that you want, I will trust you in every situation. Amen? Can we all stand in God's presence?